Do you consider your music as uh, teenage music? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it should be teenage music. It's, it's music that should horrify adults and, uh, and please teenagers. What a cram, and we're from New York City. And we drove 3,000 miles to play for you people. And somebody told me you people are crazy, but I'm not so sure about that. You seem to be all right. I will. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. As usual, it's wonderful to have you all with me. Uh, before anything else, I want to mention a patron. We have our newest patron, Mr. John Daly. John Daly. You know, I didn't check whether he was the golfer, John Daly. I'm thinking probably not, but who knows? Maybe it is. <laughs> but uh, either if you are not the uh, golfer, John Daly, welcome uh, to the patron family. If you guys want to become a patron of the show, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and you can become a patron of the show like our new friend, John Daly. So welcome, John. And I'm excited. Uh, I always say I'm excited. I guess I guess one time if I don't say I'm, I'm excited, I, I, I feel like that's going to mean I'm not excited. So I have to, I feel like now I have to say I'm excited, but I am because I have a friend, someone I've known a, uh, a lot, you know, I've known you a long time, Brooke, but it's, it's not like we ever yeah. uh, palled around or anything, you know? <laughs> no, not, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I've banned into you and may have bumped into you at Churchill. At shows. Yeah. We've seen each other at shows and I've seen you at the art gallery, uh, at things. So, all right. So, uh, let's, who is this mysterious voice we're talking to you? Welcome to the show, Mr. Brooke Dorsch. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Hello. Thank you. Great to be here. Really <laughs> and I have, great. Uh, Brooke, I have you as the president of the Emerson Dorsch Art Gallery, which is located in lovely little Haiti, Miami. But That's right. I, I just found out just uh, minutes ago that you're in Asheville because you're kind of living in Asheville now. You you like go in between Miami and Asheville, right? That That is correct. That's, that's what the pandemic has done to us. It is... Uh, you know, has allowed us to do different things. And uh, we have a really fantastic director at the gallery. I've been doing the gallery for 30 years and um, with my wife. Uh, it used to be Dorsch Gallery, and then it got changed to Emerson Dorsch. I gave my wife top billing, as all good husbands do. Yeah, nice. Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, of, of course. But uh, we changed the name of the gallery to reflect our, our partnership. And then uh, we last... Before the pandemic actually took off, uh, we had hired a new director. Her name is Yvette Yanez, and she works at the. She used to work at the Dela Cruz Collection, in in the Design District. She actually started that whole thing and with with the work with the Dela Cruz's for many many years. And she came on as our director, and she's uh, been doing a phenomenal job. And it allowed us to be able to. Uh, you know, live remotely, but we are very much involved. We're we're there every couple of weeks to Miami. Um, that's one of the reasons we chose Asheville is because of the proximity. There's a direct flight to Allegiant from Allegionaires, which oy, is a, like, it's like it's like riding a bus. It's when like it's riding not a canceled. Bus. When it's not canceled, it's great. <laughs> when it's not canceled, yes. So you you know this. Uh, you, you, I, I know I know you know this quite a bit. So, um, so yeah. So yeah. But it's 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 so far not not good. It's been our it's been all right. It's uh, great. And and you thing. and and uh, just all the changes you've seen over the years in Little Haiti because you've yeah. been here thirty years. I mean, and it's well, before that, Winwood. Yeah. Winwood right. Right. Good. Right. But it's really uh, up and coming now, right? So well, they, I feel like they've been saying that for the past five years but i feel like it really is now yeah it, it is uh well there was a big announcement that happened yesterday of of um the what used to be the art center of south florida on lincoln road which was renamed itself a number of years ago to Ulite. they bought a building um after they sold in lincoln road and they bought a building in little haiti on 71st street i think and they just announced the design 
of their new location there. And it's going to be a massive building with art studios, performance spaces, a theater and all oh, that wow. in the middle, in the middle of little Haiti. So it's, it's great. Awesome. So That's it, great. As long as they don't put place. like rat in charge of everything, then that might be a problem. No, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. no I don't, I don't think it would. All right. So Brooke, uh, we didn't come to talk about as, as, as nice as it is to yeah. talk about art and galleries. What did we, what did we come to talk about? What's the record that you brought that we're talking about? Oh, the songs of the Lord taught us by the cramps. Yeah, now, and I'm guessing just from the picture, because you sent me some awesome pictures of you seeing a cramp show in Miami at Club New in 1990, yeah. and you got the, you're wearing this trench coat, like a, a full trench coat with a whole cramps thing on the back of it. So I'm, I'm assuming you're a huge cramps fan, right? I, I am a huge cramps fan, and I, and I have to tell a little bit of that. The backstory of how I, I, I found the cramps, which is really yeah, do it. Which is really the, one of those strange things. So I grew up in New York. Uh, I, as you know, uh, and this is like in the I'm gonna say somewhere in the whatever. I, I grew up in New York. I moved to Miami in 1981. But before I moved to Miami, I you know, growing up normal New York thing, I was into all the the normal at that time what we call, you know, just straightforward rock. Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, big Pink Floyd fan. All the straightforward rock and roll at that point, you know, I guess you would call it classic rock now. Yep. Um, ZZ Top and Queen and, and all that. Queen was my actual first concert, which was amazing. Oh, um, nice. Back, back yeah, that is amazing. I, you know, and I started really starting to collect music from all over the place. And I, I, it was one of those things where you had one of those stores that was sort of like a, I'm going to say somewhere across between a Zaire and a, um, and a, and a Kmart. Okay. <laughs> you know, one of these big, big shopping centers, a big chain that was mostly only in New York, you know, right. and, and not, you know, it sold all sorts of stuff and they had their own little record department. Anyway, they go out of business in like 1978 or 79 or something like this. They go out of business and uh, and I'm just you know you know this is one of those places where you go the first week and there everything's fit, you know thirty percent off the next week it's fifty percent right off. right right they just so keep marking shit down till everything's gone they make your and the store gets smaller and smaller it gets all moved into a little corner and then I remember going in there and it was like the last day everything in the store was like ninety percent off. And I go through the record class file and the normal 80s version of garbage that you would see in the thing, you know, nothing really good uh, in the record thing. And I pull out the cramps. Uh, there's a cramps album in there, which wasn't the songs the Lord taught us. It was the one, yeah, the, the EP, was it the EP before that? It was the Gravest Hits. Right, okay, Gravest Hits. Greatest yeah. hits. And I read the, the liner note on the back of the album, and there was this picture of them playing live to, in this theater, uh, which really reminds me a lot of uh, later on. It reminded me a lot of what it would have looked like with, you know, from the ceiling, from the balcony of the cameo looking down at the theater. It was the same kind of setup, like all these seats. It was probably a movie theater. And then, you know, Lux is lying on the floor and somebody else is jumping around on the stage. It, was, yep. it, it just really, really intrigued me. And, you know, at, at that point, I was listening to a lot of this progressive rock, I guess, you know, like uh, Yes and, and, you know, Led Zeppelin, who all, all that normal classic rock stuff. And I bought that album and I couldn't get enough of just how raw it was. Yeah. It was just something about just the raw reverb and the, the way it sounded that oh yeah because if you were listening wow. to like queen and zeppelin it didn't sound like any of that right it was still rock and roll Nothing. but it didn't sound like any of that exactly and it, and it was almost like ridiculous how like infectious it was to me yep. you know for something that was so simple it was like so pared down 
um, and and simple that it just really, yeah, it really um, it really shook me at that at, at that point, and I was like, wow, I have to find out more about these guys. And uh, then that very next album I bought was uh, I found this song "Songs of Lord Taurus," which actually was their first release, first major, like that. like first album, and that's uh, eighty nineteen eighty on IRS uh, records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's would have been right before I moved to Miami. Oh, okay. So it's it, when I found that. So I just uh, I moved to Miami in nineteen eighty one. And uh, and and I I think I I really wore out that LP. <laughs> now, were you uh, attracted? I mean, all right. So you were attracted to the sound of it and the rawness, but were you also attracted to the you know because uh, they were all into like like horror and like serial killers yeah. and like you know and so were you attracted to all well, that I stuff didn't... too? I didn't know I didn't know too much about that then, and uh, and I guess that's when I I, I, I was going to say I. I later on was very much into quite a bit of goth and things like that as right, well. Right, right. You know, later on, you you know, you get into that and you're like, oh, wow, this is a different sound. And then you listen to Bauhaus and you hear all these other influences. I look at the cover of the greatest hits, or you look at the cover of Songs of Love, the Tardis, and these guys just really look different. They look really scary. <laughs> yes, they did. They, 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 they definitely did. And uh, but it was just very, you know, these very deadpan stares on the album cover. I have here somewhere, but it's that's I, I cool. I mean, that's cool that you kind of bought it blindly and then listened to it and you were attracted because I, the way I discovered them is kind of like the opposite because I don't remember it could have been, um, Erg, uh, Music War because, um, because that came out yeah. in uh 1981 and uh, I and I remember yeah. I was really super into that and they do uh, oh my god, so was tear I. it up, <laughs> yeah, they do tear it up on that yeah. and it's great. Well- When MTV first came out, Garbage Man, they had the video for Garbage Man, and they used to play that a lot. They, they played a lot. Play and I remember being almost like, I don't know if I really liked it right away because I was kind of scared of that. <laughs> it was like, these yeah. guys look yeah. like creepy. And like, it was just like really like, like yeah. dark and yeah. edgy. But then obviously pretty soon after I, I got it, I guess. And then I got the album yeah. and then uh, I, I, you know, I became yeah. a Cramps fan. But um yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the same thing, uh, the way, I mean, and, and one thing I always admired them is that they stuck to it their whole career. Basically, they got their sound and their and, and what they were about exactly. and their look, and they never really veered from that. They were like all in. No, they, they were all in. They, that Lux, Lux and Poison Ivory, they, they were just basically all in on that, that sound. Uh, I do think there was some periods like the earlier times, um, Brian Gregory, who was the 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 other the yeah the guitar, guitar player which di- didn't last much longer like pretty soon after this record came out he left he quit the band and he he died sadly yeah, he died yeah. pretty really young in like uh, 2000, 2001 he died yeah I think in Florida of course he was in Florida of course, guy, <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. but yeah I did hear that um, yeah he was around for a little while I think I, I thought he was out for. Two albums, maybe three. But well, I two. The first two, the greatest hits, and yeah. um, and uh, this one. But yeah, then they got a kid, Congo Powers from oh, the Cramps. It, yeah, Congo Powers. That's right. That came in after that. That's right. And um, but it was always the band was always basically Lux. So you had uh, Lux Interior, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Which, uh, what is the real name? Eric Lee Perkheiser. Perkheiser, that's yep. right. And uh, Poison Ivy Rorschach, that's which her Christy Wallace is her name. What a what a just like a, just like a regular girl's name, Christy Wallace. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you, you meet in you know art school and stuff like that, which is what they did, I guess. Right. You know, and I didn't realize they were to get they formed so early, like in '76. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And and they were actually, yeah. they, I guess they met in California, but then they soon they heard about the New York scene and they moved there and they were in. They were exactly. part of the original CBGB scene. They were, they were, they were. And, uh, you know, and like I said, what, what really attracted me again with that first album that I, I had, which wasn't this one, but it, it was Gravest Hits, but which is not, it's more of like a collection of great, as is, is grave, Gravest Hits. But, you know, none of those songs are on their first album. So they, they put out an album of, which is basically an EP, Right. And but the the liner note, I don't know if you've ever read the liner note in the back. I'm sure you have. But it, it, it has this it starts off with in the spring of 1976, the cramps began to fester in a New York City apartment, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, right, right, right. It goes, yeah, it goes into this whole thing about the, you know, primal and, and then it gets into rockability and they're 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 exploring the, the culture and the the, the creepiest element of them all themselves you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so yeah. it, and it's so uh, it's so funny you sort of got the feeling that they i mean obviously some of it's and i don't want to say an act because they seem like they basically lived how they lived like this is how oh, they, yeah. they they lived their lives like this they were all in like him and especially uh yeah. lux and ivy right yeah and i but and I, they think they also um you know, and they 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 perpetuated also a a, a persona besides being in the band. I think outside because there was when I had first, you know, started looking around for them. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, I, I remember friends saying, "Oh, there was this whole thing. There's this rumor going around with trucks uh, Lux." Um, like he he met her picking her up hitchhiking. Right. Yeah, like I read that. that. <laughs> I I'd read that, and and then it, and you find out that it turns out it was not true. Apparently. No, of course not. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. were also you wouldn't. Uh, but it's kind of cool that they were basically a, a couple, like a married couple, the whole time, and they basically I, the band ended when Lux died in two thousand nine. But they were together the entire yeah, time. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and you know later when you you know the, when I the first. You know, the first video I remember, I don't remember the Garbage Man video as much as I remember the Tear It Up, of course, seeing that the very first time. Right, right. Really, really impression on it, you know, you're yeah. like, what? And, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and, and it like makes you immediately like, I want to see these guys, like, I want to see this band. Oh, of course, <laughs> of, of course. And I think one of my favorite part of it is, you know, he's, you know, he's on the floor and he's got the mic in his mouth and he's like going all over the place. And at one point it's like, it's slowing down. And and Poison Ivy just looks at him and sneers. Yeah, she gives him a sneer. I don't know if you remember that. It, it's it, it, it to me. I was like, oh, th these guys. These oh yeah, guys I remember. Are, trust know. me, I remember that entire Erga Music Award was like such a big deal for me. It, like so, I ended yeah. up loving just about every band on that on that um, in that movie and getting all their records. So that was a huge thing, Erga Music Award. But yeah, that performance by them was a standout. What was outstanding. Um, a lot of things on that was outstanding, but I actually just read the the, the, uh, the memoir of the poet that was on there, John Cooper Clark. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Round the block, against the clock, a tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tick-tock, running out of breath, running out of socks, rubber on the road, flippity-flop, non-skid agility, chop-chop, no time to hang about, a workout, El Fanatic, a workout... Crack of dawn, lifting weights, a telltale heart reverberates, high in poly unsaturates, blowing his, his memoir is phenomenal because he actually I did listen to the audiobook and he, he recites it and it, and he talks about his, you know, hanging out and he you know, he was good friends with the the guys from the fall and and a lot of the guys uh, over in the the UK scene right. there at that time. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. I love that. He had that thick uh, Cockney like accent, that, right? Yeah, it was. Great. Yeah, yeah. Very thick. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Anyway, side side note there. <laughs> All right. All right. So before we uh, start listening to the record, one thing. Uh, oh, Lux. I, I I saw a great quote from Lux. Lux once said their band was a rallying point for certain kinds of people to come together and for certain kinds of people to stay out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I could yeah. see them being a band. Either you're gonna love them, or I'm sure there's plenty of people that you just did not get it. 
It's like, what? Yeah, right. exactly. And there's and, no bass um, player because basically the first no couple, of, there's no, but it was just uh, two guitar, Lux singing, uh, yeah. a drummer playing real stripped down drums, you know, yeah. and uh, two guitar players. Right, right. And uh, there's something I'll point out too that I, I really like on the uh, one of the tracks that I'll, I'll point out because I, I, you know, I started off, of course, playing guitar like uh, every everybody else, not very well. Um, but one of the uh, gifts I got was this um, Sam Ash like solid state amp I got for Christmas one year. And I still have that amp, which is oh, nice. crazy. This little 35 watt Sam Ash branded solid state amp. And it had this reverb that was on it that was so chintzy but it it when you cranked it up it just became this really like who would want to play it that way and then i turned on put on this album and, and you see, hear the yeah. reverb cranked up <laughs> right and, and, and it was it, it matched the sound i was like oh that's what you use it for right and and all right <laughs> but, uh, before we listen to it one thing i had no idea that it was recorded in memphis at phillips recording uh uh yeah. sam phillips recording studio and produced by who alex chilton I had no idea until yeah. just doing it this week, doing the research. And I knew really? this record. I had that? this record. Oh I God, didn't yeah. know. I just yeah. never put it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, how crazy is that? It, it is. It is. It is crazy. And, you know, and I, I knew of Big Star. Before this album, okay, and, nice, uh, cool kid. Yeah, you were yeah. a cool kid. I had no, I didn't know about Big Star until much later. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that, I, yeah. At that point, I was like, like I said, I was searching for all sorts of stuff, and I was right. picking stuff up all over the, and anywhere I could. But uh, um, and I found all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> but this one was what I think. Like I said, I think I paid. 11 or, or or 12 cents for the record or, or you know less than 50 cents for nice. the first record and not this not not this song this this one but the next one but it it made me a lifelong cramps fan i have to say awesome all right so let's get into this record let's listen to the first yes. song let's listen to tv set Oh, the solo. That's it. Well, it's like it, it's basically straight up sped up rockabilly, but then but the screeching psychedelic guitar breaks and, and then Lux's delivery as well. That's what that's what yeah. elevates it and takes it over the edge, you know. And, and then, of course, what he's saying, you know, I'm going to use your eyeballs for knobs, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's the, the campy. Oh, yeah. Because the, the campy horror stuff is always a huge part of their stuff. And it's so attractive, like to a young guy, like to a teenage kid. 
you would think, yeah. Uh, yeah, how could you not, how could you not love that, right? Yeah, it, it, well, exactly. You know, and I, I saw, I, I saw a review a long time ago that was that said there would be no like, you know, misfits if it wasn't for the cramps or things like that. You yeah, know? you know, but, I was wondering, I was sort of wondering, like, why did a band like because uh, I mean, the, the cramps ended up doing doing well, obviously, and they had a, a really yeah. good career, and they were and they did really good in Europe, but it it's they're, they're not like the same level as like the misfits where they're like worshiped and idolized and i'm i'm what i think it is the misfits were they had the horror and the campy but it was more like comic books cartoony and they could get into it the cramps were scarier so i bet they scared a lot of people off you know yeah i think they did i did i yeah. think they did there's something about that and <laughs> yeah yeah like they were the, like yeah. you you knew the misfits it was all like just campy and they weren't you know and they basically went home uh, new jersey they were like new jersey kids you know and they had dinner with their moms and stuff <laughs> they did after show no no and 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 i said I, I go back to that you know they were festering in a new york apartment you could just see what i don't know you know they you know all in black very you know to me that was first the first levels of goth you know at right point, right you know? oh yeah for really sure there were, and and throughout this record yeah you could even hear even though it's steeped in the rockabilly and everything but you hear you hear yeah. all of that too all right so they they do uh covers they do a lot of covers but they're great they always pick they pick covers that sound like they're them. They could be them, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And uh, Rock um, on the Moon, um, originally Jimmy Stewart. Not not the actor Jimmy Stewart, but the uh, no, gu- no, guitarist no, no, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, let's listen to right, right. Rock on the Moon. That one, that one is probably one of the most the faster songs of them. There, there. Right, really right. Like yeah, moving. that one moves. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one moves. And we should yeah. mention uh, at this point they had Nick Knox was the drummer. They they had gone through a a few drummers already yeah. at the beginning, but Nick right, Knox played right. with them. Right, right. I think they had a couple at the beginning, and then Nick Knox. Uh, he was with them for quite a while. I I don't yeah. think I saw him when i don't think he was with them in uh, 1990 when i finally got a chance to see them okay so that was been, the first time I, you saw them was 1990 that was all, the first and only time oh. and it was at club club new on miami beach awesome if you remember club new oh yeah um, i remember so club I'm, new yeah i think yeah, i was probably yeah. still up in massachusetts i saw them in the sometime in the late 80s i saw them at new year's at the channel in boston on a new year they played a new year's oh, wow. show yeah and that was great wow so good all right, so a garbage man. This is like, like I said, for me, this, this video. I would say this is one of their biggest hits. I, 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 or what they garbage man from that early MTV stuff. I think they. Well, yeah, this is great because it's sort of like a perfect introduction to them because it ha- it literally has everything that makes them great in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's all exactly. here. All right, let's listen to garbage. Yeah. Man.
the guitar break. <laughs> the, the guitar break is great, but the, the background of the you know, cause I, Ivy, I guess, is doing the whole the main the main lick, right? And then you've got um, Brian Gregory doing the just that, just that yeah, that, that one sound in the back, and I, I really I, that that was something that. I remember listening to because you know as I said I was learning how to play guitar and you you hear the 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 solo even on Rock on Moon it's like just very simple just one note ding 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 just picking away at it and it's so simple and it's something that you could imitate very easily and of course that was very attractive to me oh yeah <laughs> of course like, and and yeah yeah, and, yeah yeah and and like I said it's great because they're telling you what they are they say yeah it's just what you need when you're down in the dumps one half hillbilly and one half punk and that's it that's yeah. what they are you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and do you understand you know you got to get this and it's over again huh? <laughs> right hey everyone Rob here you know bringing that record got me high to you every week is a labor of love for me but it also takes a lot of work and money with web hosting fees, software subscriptions, and especially purchasing the music that we feature. Luckily, I'm able to continue producing this show every week thanks to our fabulous patrons. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rob, why don't you just start getting sponsors like other podcasts? Well, mainly because I don't think anyone really needs to hear more ads for CBD oil and men's grooming accessories and whatnot. So for now, I'm sticking with Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show head over to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH or just go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for That Record Got Me High podcast. For as little as $2 a month, you too can become a patron of the show. You'll get a personal thank you from yours truly. You'll get our bi-monthly newsletter. You'll get to participate in all of our awesome patron-curated episodes. And most importantly, you'll become part of the That Record Got Me High family and help keep the show running. So do me a solid, please. Consider becoming a patron today. So I was reading about uh, the recording when they recorded at the Sun uh, uh, at Phillips Sam Phillips Studio in Memphis, and and Memphis. and and they like weren't treated well at all. Like the engineer basically just thought they were they didn't know what they were doing, and he didn't they didn't understand right. like the sound you know what they were doing with their guitars, which is really it, it, you know that that always bothers me that there's more you know the rock especially rock and roll it's just art it, it it's art and and yeah you could have you know you have your steely dance and you have your rush but that's not all you know that's not all there is and and you can yeah, come at it know, from exactly. a totally different way and it still could be art and beautiful but it's like it's it's so well I mean, you know, you you talk to anybody like like you know when I go I go back and I we talk to Rat. I don't even I don't even know if Rat likes the cramps, but the, it's the idea. He probably of, thinks there. He probably named some band you never heard of and say they stole everything from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that's right for it. But that's all right. Love them. But yeah, it, of course, it, it's just it's this thing about um, where it doesn't have to be so polished and like exacting, you know, it's something about the feeling. It was much more feeling for them. And I think, Oh, and, course, and it comes from just playing on the road. I mean, you know, they were probably, cause I think they formed in like 76 or, or something like that. Right. Yeah, they, they did. So they had played been around. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but it's really, when you listen to this, like when I'm really, when I was listening to this this week, I realized, man, it sounds, you know, it sounds so great and raw, but it's like they got, they got like a sound, like a live sound of them in the studio, which he did. I thought Alex Chilton did a really great job, which I guess at the time yeah. there was question, people questioned, you know, what he was doing. And then I read some, I guess, I guess at that point also he was drinking a lot and everything, but I read something really funny. They said, one of them, uh, I think it was Ivy said, when the record was basically done and they were ready to send it to the mastering, Alex called him and asked and said he, he wanted to re-record everything <laughs> one more time. And they said, uh, no, no, we're not going to do time, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's, it, it's true. But I, I, you know, I think, you know, and I think about this also with, with us in the art gallery, sometimes you know, you'll, you'll talk to an artist or something, you know, if they know what they want in their head and they're just trying to get it out there, that's I it, think yeah. that's much more, much more than trying somebody else trying to say, Oh, let's put it down this way, this perfect way. Exactly. But, oh, no, yeah. No, yeah. I, I need to get it out this way or I need, right, this is what right. I need. Which to happens do. to a, a lot of bands too. So good on them for sticking to their guns. And this is, you know, they, yeah, if they, they can, knew, you know, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they knew themselves and they knew what they wanted to sound like. And I feel like they did. They got it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did. All right. So this is another uh, original, all the originals are, um, 
are basically Lux and and uh, yeah, Ivy. And, uh, um, and Ivy. Yeah. I was a teenage werewolf. Just a great parody of the 1957 horror film of the same name, starring, yeah. oh, exactly. starring Michael Landon. Uh, the, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That was Michael Landon. Now, now you know, of course, in the the the, the CD version of this, not on my album. I only heard it much later. That there was a false start. Yes, I yeah, well, well, that's on Spotify. I, I was listening to that today. <laughs> it's great. Okay, because that's something as we were just talking about in the studio. This is their, their recording their first. Well, well, let's play the first version. I don't know if you want to play that beginning. First I will. Start well, because... I'll play some of it. I will play some of it after because it's really funny because they're basically yeah. You, oh yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, it, it is. It's great. All right, All let's right. listen to. Right, we'll I was the a album werewolf. So this Man. one definitely has a Link Ray uh, vibe to it, which is oh, yeah, another definitely. big lodestone, I feel like, for them, is, uh, Link Ray. Yeah, exactly. But but then again, there, there it is, Brian Gregory in the background with those, that heavy, blah, 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 you know, yep. he's doing the bass, basically, with that, that noisy guitar that he has. Exactly, Whereas exactly. The other one is so crisp. And it just cuts it in the back, which I really love. Right. I really love it. So I'm going to play, I'll, I'll add, when I do the episode, I'll add in the background him, uh, Lux, uh, he's basically yelling at someone in the studio. It shows that that they were ser- you know even though whatever it's campy and everything but they're they're serious about what they're doing yeah. you know yeah. yeah and they know and, and here they are and they're for, you know what he says is like you know their first album they're recording their very first album and he says nobody fucks with the cramps while they were in the studio That's right right said. yeah good for him man good oh, for wait, him am right? I allowed to curse am I allowed to curse I mean, of course you yes that. you can you can this is a uh, oh, okay. rated R uh, yeah. podcast. It's a, rated, okay. it's a rated R podcast. It is. Well, whatever. It's right. <laughs> All right. So this is, and speaking of Blink Ray, I guess this one, Sunglasses yeah. After Dark, is uh, part of its interpretation of the Ace of Spades, uh, originally yeah. by Blink yeah. Ray. And uh, Ray. yeah, it's great. Another great. And Sunglasses After Dark. And I will say, I checked because Corey Hart, his Sunglasses at Night was three years later. So maybe Corey. Yeah, Hart it was. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they predated everybody on this. They did. Know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the future's know. so bright, I got to wear shades, all the sunglass stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh well, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, I think, a, a all right, let's nuclear listen to war s- protest song or something, I think. <laughs> sunglasses After Dark.
that high-pitched guitar part thing, I was thinking of Bauhaus. That definitely sounds like something, yeah. a, like a Bauhaus that, thing. So that, you could hear that goth yeah, in there. Yeah, that would do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I think you're right. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't pull that in there, but I, I just, I, I love that, that that started off with that, that screechy feedback in the beginning and, and that way it just comes in. Yeah. And then the guitar is actually pretty, pretty clean. And then that high pitched yeah. <laughs> solo in there. And, and with, so it's like, it's very layered in terms of, uh, so, even though it's very simplistic, it has this, this layering of. Sonic, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I listen to it, I realized there's sometimes there's more, sometimes they overdub. There's like three guitars going on and all doing something very right, right. specific that, uh, yeah. Like you said, that layers it. Now I was going to ask you, you're obviously, you were obviously an open, a pretty open-minded kid to have listened to be listening to classic rock. And then also like, this but do you did you have friends that that you tried to play this for and didn't get it or they 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 actually thought it was a joke right yeah okay okay (laughs) so i had i had friends that were in bands and they were um you know they i have a, a good friend he was a drummer and he was you know like really technical drummer and he was all into like bill bruford and and king crimson and all the the time signatures and all this and this didn't interest him at all and i and i was like but listen to you know just it just the energy behind this is so much more than yeah you know I you know and and I was just transitioning from that and I wasn't you know I guess I was I was uh, nineteen I was nineteen at okay that point. okay so, so yeah yeah because I'm sixty now it's ridiculous are you really Brooke? <laughs> I didn't know you were older than me. How do you look so good, Brooke? Are you guys, I'm going to post a picture of Brooke. How do you look so good? I thought you were. Oh, <laughs> is that oh. it? Okay, you're you're pickled. Good. No, I preserved myself. Yeah. Okay. I, I swear to God, I thought yeah. you were like a little younger than me. Oh well, you look great. No, um, no. no. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that maybe that helped. That's why you weren't like I said when I I was a little younger. I was scared of them at first. It took me a little while, but you were like all in no. right away. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know, I, and literally, I think I bought. I bought this and and I think I had gone to see Pink Floyd right after that. I saw the wall tour. And, oh, wow. And, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was one of the few people that got to see that with all the original members. And, you know, I, and, and what I really, a shocking that was, difference, right? That was, <laughs> but it was shocking difference. But then I started also listening to things like the clash and things like that. So I, I started shifting to that right, first right. year of college. And so that's where I, I think I started shifting and I, it's funny, I can go back and forth to a lot of it now for me if there's certain songs that I like. Oh, I me like. too, of course, yeah. Oh, I still Yeah, you, you know, you go through it and, and you think about shows that you've been to and, and seeing certain things like that, and you, you appreciate all the different things, except... Um, I still love this, you know. and I still love Queen, too, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's all there. All right, so the the Mad Daddy, I guess I read as a tribute to Lux's... That is the first side, yeah. That was the, the last one, the Mad Daddy. And right, and that was a tribute to his childhood hero, uh, Madcap Cleveland radio jockey Pete, Mad Daddy Myers, I guess. That's right. So, That's right, I'd heard that as well. Yep, let's listen to Mad Daddy. Once you've seen them, you can't listen to these songs without picturing him, you know, singing them, right? And writhing around no, on the floor and sh- uh, s- taking the mic and uh, putting it down his pants and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny, guys, thinking about with Mad Daddy, because um, another friend of mine is, is a, uh, a bass player that, uh, he, that we used to talk about this stuff all, all the time. And, and and then he introduced me to Robert Gordon. I don't know if you know Robert Gordon. Um, he's a, was a 
rockabilly. He was a rockabilly guy. Okay. Uh, that uh, was around, and he was had that had very similar delivery than than Lux. Oh, me. okay, okay. The way I walk is just the way I walk. The way I talk is just the way I talk. The way I smile is just the way I smile. Touch me, baby, and I go home wild. He was doing that all all the time. That that and you know he was uh, more Elvis than Elvis. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's a very surfing bird, like the surfing bird thing and stuff. And he was yeah, yeah he was yeah, just yeah, great yeah, at that. Yeah, but, and yeah, with that 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 I think um, Robert Gordon. I, I looked him up too, and 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 I think he played actually with uh, with Link Ray. Actually, he oh nice, a, a okay, singer. okay, yeah, so. So that was another like one that I that I sort of tied into when you you hear this, but there's just too much else going on with the cramps that they <laughs> interest me a lot more. But, you know, but you could tell that it's all things that they legitimately love. You know that that they just oh, love yeah. and grew up on. Like that's the stuff that, yeah, that yeah. they love. Yeah, but they just but they just twisted it into this weird like you know weird twist. Uh, put a weird twist on everything that and really made it well, really and, made it their own. And, right. Well, and and like you know we you mentioned earlier the teenage wave. All those like those B horror movies that have this camp to them. That, yeah. Right. You know, right. That story that's in all their lyrics as well you oh know, yeah well daddy. speaking of that this next one uh my daddy drives a ufo drops me off and then he goes uh, uh this i yeah, love yeah. this song i love the lyrics in this uh yeah, this, one, this one's great yep a mystery plane So as campy as all this is, I feel like he's really sort of laying it out there when he says, now I just can't identify with this world, so I don't try. Square pegs don't fit right, in round right. holes, and I can't fit into these clothes. So it's like, that's that's him and, and, and Ivy, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, you know, think about think about the landscape in 1980 of what was going on in music. And, right, right, right. And, you know, and they were just, you know, wait a minute, this other stuff is much better. You know, they just keep, and they, and they were, they were, I always could see them as being just, you know, just, they were always such a, you know, they, they keep going with that rockabilly and they just like, just keep that party going. They're just like, they're just driving next and next song after song after song. After right, song, right, you know? right. And it's funny when you brought, you know, when I do like every week I have a record that I got to do and it's like, you know, normally when you listen to music, you think, oh, what am I in the mood for? What am I in the mood to listen to? But I can't, when I'm doing for the show, I can't think that I just, whatever I'm going to listen to, that's what I'm going to listen to. And sometimes it's like, and this, this, like I just said, okay, this is it. I got to get in the cramps vibe because I'm going to be listening to the cramps all week. And yeah, it's just like, it isn't, it isn't sitting around uh, contemplating easy listening music. It's music that, that basically makes you want to get up and move you know right no it, for sure for yeah. sure for sure <laughs> it, it, it's it's something that i i'll come back and listen to it quite a bit you know i'll just i have a i you know i'll throw a spotify on on cramps as well and just 
throw it on there. Oh, it's, it's great. It's, and I was going to tell, it's funny know. when you talk about like other people, I, 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 for, I, I'd remembered, um, I had a friend, uh, this guy, Joey Horvath, which was a guitar player and his mom was really religious. And I think he became kind of born again too. I remember I used to go to his mm-hmm. house and she'd go, when she found that I was Jewish, she goes, I hear you're a member of the chosen people. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh well, yeah, I guess I am." Like yeah, that like punk rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember he was over my house, and and he was looking at my records, and I had uh, a bad music for bad people that I, the yeah, Cramps yeah, with that, that cover. That great, that great illustration. Oh, that, he just that is he fun. looked at it, and he looked at me, and he just went wow, like like with this disappointed shake of his. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, well, yeah, that was the, you know, the, that where that came out short. Of, uh, was it? I guess that came out in uh, '82 or three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, but it. Uh, I, re- I remember getting that one right away too because yep. that was oh, so good. All right, so zombie. Yeah. I feel like zombie dance is kind of like their monster mash, uh, like a yeah, you know, right? Trying, <laughs> I think that this was their, you know, let, let's try to get a, a you know, a, ho- a, a Halloween, you know, hit song. Yeah, you know, but it's great. It's yeah. just got a really great tongue-in-cheek, uh, the sense of humor of talking about the zombie yeah, dance. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. Let's listen to zombie yeah. dance. Let's go. Let's go. Zombie dance. That's so great, and it's funny because the 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 album just keeps moving and moving, and then it, it gets to this song, which is "What's Behind the Mask," which is really just a completely, to me, off the off the wall a little bit in terms of how it is. It's a little, I don't know. It's it's probably my least favorite song on the album. Well, I'll tell you the interesting <laughs> thing about it is uh, what I find funny is usually uh, behind when people are saying about what's behind the mask, they're talking about someone they're using it as a metaphor for someone, you know, that's hiding right. their real self. Right. But here it's like literal, like she's, this, she's got a mask on and there's something really yeah. horrifying that she's yeah. hiding behind yeah. her literal mask. <laughs> I, I think this one was a little too campy for me. I just like, it's oh, really just, campy. It is. Let's, it well, is, we, it's, 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 be, it's beyond that. It you know. But we have to listen to it, Brooke. So what's okay. behind, what's right. behind the mask? Sorry, he ever asked. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can laugh at it now, more, but I, I usually never like that one. But it's it, funny. I, I, the lyrics are just pretty funny, though. They it's are. Just, um, all right, so Strychnine. I had no idea. I thought this was their song. I didn't know it was a Sonic's. Uh, no, song. I didn't. I, you know, I don't think I. I don't know the the, the, the original either. Right. But, oh, okay, I, good. I don't feel so bad. That's great. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did not know that either. It's a great, it's a great cover though. It's so good. It sounds just like, just right up their alley, you know. Uh, oh yeah, it's, they, they they made it their own. You know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, there you go.
so yeah, that one was great. That, that one's great. And that's actually more, it, it's, it, you know, because it is not one of their songs, but they make it their own, but they, it's, um, I think it's a little let and it just it just fits them so well in terms of the strict nine they you know oh of course it yeah I guess some people drink water some people drink wine yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I prefer pure <laughs> strict nine yeah strict nine yeah exactly right. and and you know there's so many more like that to come with some of their later songs in terms of the 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 little uh, the little innuendos that he always threw in with his lyrics I always thought was fantastic yep. So I'm cramped, basically an instrumental, just where, uh, yeah. just, uh, I'm cramped, he, he says in it. Yeah. I'll play that, un- I'll play that underneath it. It's just, it's cool, it's cool, it's internet, uh, it's yeah. instrumental, and it's actually credited to the whole band, which is the only one that is. Yeah, that's right, it is, because I guess they just all, no, no lyrics to it, and they just go and... Probably, uh, and, yeah, probably just a studio jam, and I guess I'd also heard that, um, I don't know, I'm sure it must have been an interesting recording session, you know, they're in Memphis, oh with, could you imagine... <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah just with alex and and then you know he he because he, he's such a strong song craftsman right 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 that. yeah but you i know. mean these songs are all they're great songs and they were arranged really good so i mean i yeah. have, i have a feeling there wasn't much he had to do as far as getting you know these guys i'm sure knew, knew like you said before they they knew they had in their heads what they wanted to to produce and what they wanted to sound like, right. and I thought they did a really great job. And I and I think he and I think he wanted to keep them, and I think he did ca- capture their 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 rawness. Yeah, and, exactly. And, I think he, like I said, I think he did a really great job. And this is a great example. Tear it up. Like I said, this is the one uh, on Ergo Music War, but it's still even on the studio. It's just it's so good and it's so oh, dynamic. The dynamics when it sort of fades out a little and then it bursts in again. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's let's, so good. Let's yeah. listen to Tear it up. Are the screams? Uh, do you think that's Ivy? Because she's not credited on there, and I was wondering. I don't know. I think um, probably in the probably in the studio, but uh, she would never because she would never sing live. I mean, she never. I don't never no, no. remember seeing her speak. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard her speak right <laughs> either in interviews. And there, she would either have the sunglasses on. She didn't speak very much at yeah, all. Yeah, so and, cool uh, though, man! What a cool presence and what a cool just oh, yeah. Uh, watching. Yeah, and, yeah, watching her on stage is so great. She was amazing. I, I I think with the year we saw them was uh, also with um, Candy was the um, was it Candy Del Mar was the other guitar player. There was another woman guitar player. That, oh, okay, right. I remember. Yeah, they had another uh, woman. That's true. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Candy. She was really cute too, and and really really great to to see on stage. She had a great presence as well. Yeah, and. Uh, she was there for for a number of years, but I think uh, not toward the, to the end. Everybody was going in and out, and it was just Lux and Ivy. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think our former yeah. guest uh, Terry uh, Terry Graham uh, played with them for a while too. That uh, a oh, gun really? club uh, yeah. drummer. Yeah, he did. I know he played with them. I don't know. I don't know if he ever did any recording with them, but I know he played uh, live with them for for yeah. a short thing. Yeah. Maybe well, they were a hard know, band. Or maybe they were a hard band to stay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, because I, you know, I, I feel, I guess they didn't, you know, they never really played really huge venues. They never really got that much. And, and I right, read right, later right. on, they did. but, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing that they had played a couple places, you know, there's the live album that they did at the mud club. Uh, I, I guess uh, that 
called the smell of female i think that oh yeah that's recorded. right yeah smell of female and yeah. actually i should uh, we should mention you have you seen the in uh 1978 they played that a free concert at the california state Mental oh yes Hospital. yes yeah. yes, yes. of Napa. course i and i i found that out on on vhs back in the day because people told me about it and that's a pretty wild thing to see and that was yes, before is. this album was recorded yep they had they went out to california and they wound up playing, and it wasn't easy to get a videotape machine back then, but somebody right, right. recorded them playing. And, yeah, live at Napa State Mental Hospital. It's something. I mean, <laughs> it is something. That it, it is something to watch, especially, you know, just people just wandering around and, and yep. just, you know, and they're just playing for them in the middle. Yeah. I have no idea how they pulled that off. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah different times. Um, <laughs> all right, so they end it with a with a breathy cover of the Lounge Hit Fever, popularized by Peggy yeah. Lee. <laughs> and yeah, he right? definitely he definitely does it. He he really camps it up and plays it. Uh, you know, he yeah. does his best. But I I, uh, I really Lee, like I this cover of this. This is a great cover. I do. Though. I think it's I, great. All right, let's listen to Fever. So it's loose, it's a little loose, it's campy, but it's like, but it's like everything you want from rock and roll, right? Right. No, exactly, exactly. What more could you it, want? It, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. There's, you know, in in Gravest Hits, they also had the um, Lonesome Town, where he actually starts crying. Yeah, right. That's really, right. <laughs> it's great. And, and you sort of expect that almost with Fever, where he's going to. You know, just like he, he really he starts at the end of that. I think he really starts going really heavy. You just hear yep, him breathing yep. into the and and that's as you were mentioning. I forgot about that. And what a about, character! What a loss, yeah, sad yeah. loss. Um, yeah, yeah. They uh, like I said, they were together the whole time, and they were a band the whole time. So good for them, you know. Uh, yeah, no, really great, really great, doing it up. All right, so this uh, Brooke, this was awesome. I'm really glad you brought a Cramps record. Uh, you know, it, it's nope. great, and it's totally different than the records I've been doing lately. This one is like it's sort of, and and I was thinking it really does kind of stand. They they do sort of stand off on their own in a way. You know, I, I, they've yeah. influenced other psychobilly type oh. bands that came after them, but they really yeah, well, uh, they really stood on their own. They they did, and you know it's funny because you know they I was listening to them, and then you know a couple years later, I think you know that's when Stray Cats was starting to become big in the early eighties, yep. and you know and, and kind of stuff and and you know you're trying to bring back but it's so, so much so much polish on that versus this that has so much more feeling i think in in terms of just what they were trying to do yeah and, yeah so much anyway. more like the original raw rock and roll that they obviously loved when they were young yeah you know and and you could just see them like you know cruising down in a car in a convertible you know stopping at small like shops somewhere looking for albums or you know right, going right, to watch right. movies hotel rooms you know exactly <laughs> all right exactly. so anyway rob this was great yes I really it was appreciate great so brooke if people want to uh, find out more about emerson dorsch art gallery i'm sure you guys have some form of online presence we do, we do, we do, we do. And as, as you know, we've, you know, the, the other thing about the gallery, I'll make my last little plug here. The one thing that it's known for is also been for hosting music. You know, you've played on the roof. I have. Uh, oh, it's great. Oh, I have. love it. 
Yeah, the roof was good. I have to do another rooftop concert soon because yeah, I'm, I'm looking do to do something up there. Maybe yeah, the Dan the Oscar, maybe the Dan Oscar Continuum show. Could we do it? Could we do it up there? And uh, you could you December could. Again, maybe. Hold them yeah, well, let's talk because that, right, let's uh, talk. there might be construction. There might be construction going on. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Well, there. we'll talk. Yeah, but but no, I'd love to. You know, that that was something. And by the way, you know, I, there is a the other piece with me with that is with Dan is you know he helped me with the, the when I had the gallery in Winwood. Right. Right. Um, I remember playing there. Yeah, I remember playing there too as well. Yeah, you played there, and uh, oh, so many bands played there. You know, when Rat was doing his noise orchestra, and, and oh god, I remember that. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so what's you know. uh, so what is the web? Uh, where can they go though? What is it? It's, we're emersondorsch.com. That's it. We've got a show opening up on the twenty fourth of April, which may or may not be when this comes out. I guess I don't yeah, know what you're... Yeah, it will. It should actually time it perfectly, but... Uh, All right, awesome. yes. I think we have a show opening. I'll be there on Saturday, and, uh, you know, we have a, a new show that's uh, curated by William Cordova, who has music in his uh, au over... Too many beers, right. sorry. If you, if you hadn't said oh, anything, I, I would have said, oh, wow, you pronounced it good. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, but not the cramps, but you can ask me about the cramps if you come to the show. Anyway. All right, well, that's cool. I'm going to try uh, and make it out to that, you? actually. Yeah, All yeah. Right, Don't good. forget, guys, uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Don't forget the most important thing. If you want to become a patron like our new patron, John Daly, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Also, like Brooke, Brooke's a patron of the show, too. And I oh, am. and he's holding up a Holy Terror's post. Wow, that's like a. That's a. a that's vintage. A collector's that's vintage. item. Maybe you can get like 20 bucks for that on eBay or something. 20? <laughs> Well, we'll try and get Sam. If we get Sam to sign it, you get more, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks, right. Uh, Brooke. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. We are out of here. Down.